Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Go for it, V. Good morning, everyone. We are back. Back to back today on Monday. We have with us Harley Schlanger. He needs no introduction. You can find him over at LaRoucheOrganization.com, LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as <clears throat> theschillerinstitute.com. Harley is a prolific, prolific speaker and somebody who works very hard and very digital, diligently to not only wake people up, but to further real solutions for this planet. So, Harley, welcome, buddy. It's good to have you back. Hi, V. How are you? Oh, I, I've been going. I had a previous show and I was uh, on a roll and didn't realize that we went seven and seven minutes over. <laughs> like, oh, crap, Harley's next. <laughs> I can give you a seven minute break. Excellent. I'm ready to rock. I am ready. <laughs> Let's do this, Harley. So many things to talk about. Where do you want to begin, my friend? Well, I want to start with the COP26 because there's a lot going on that the media is covering, which is mostly nonsense. But there are some important things in the back room that people really need to know because it confirms everything that we said about the connection between the Green New Deal and the Great Reset. On Friday, there was a press conference held by Mark Carney, former governor of the Bank of England, with Michael Bloomberg, BlackRock's Larry Fink, and in the background was Prince Charles. And this came right after Charles announced that there must be a, quote, warlike mobilization, unquote, to save the planet from climate change. So he's following through with his insane end of the world scenario. But then what Carney and Bloomberg laid out, first Carney said that Bloomberg has agreed to be the co-chair of something called the Glasgow Finance Alliance for Net Zero. Now, what this is 400 banks and financial institutions, insurance companies and so on, that are going to uh, control credit uh, under the terms of the Glasgow Climate Agreement. And what Carney said in introducing this, he said, this will be a wholesale rewiring of the global financial system so that every financial decision takes climate into account. Now, this isn't something they're gonna do in the future. This is something they're already doing. Uh, my research team, came up with a, a very interesting figure based on what um, BlackRock's Larry Fink was sending around in his emails, that already 90% of the new electricity, uh, new plants producing electricity that were brought online in 2020 and 2021, 90% are investments in wind parks and solar firms. Oh, that's good. Or solar farms, I should say, 90%. So you want to know why gas prices are up? You want to know why natural gas is up? Coal prices are up? 
because there's no credit available for new exploration or even sustaining existing levels. Instead, we're stuck in a universe increasingly dependent on uh, middle-aged technology, solar and wind. Yeah, which doesn't work. You can't build industry on, on solar and wind power. It's, it's absolutely idiotic. Well, and that's what that's what the president of Nigeria said. That's what the president of Uganda said. The president of Uganda said solar and wind guarantee poverty for Africa. Yep. Now, absolutely right. What's interesting about this, this idea of a wholesale rewiring, that's the great reset. And this press conference made clear that the intent is to have a direct link between the Green New Deal and the Great Reset, to use fake environmentalism to impose what we've been calling Schachtian economic policy, named after the finance minister for Hitler, Yalmar Schacht. Now, Schacht was chosen by the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Bank of England, the Harrimans, the Bushes, and others to run Germany's economy under Hitler. And what he did was ensure that there was no investment in consumers, consumption and in, in, uh, goods production, except related to military and infrastructure for the purposes of preparing for war. And in order to afford it, what did Schock do? He used political prisoners in the workforce. Initially, Krupp, Thyssen, and others had political dissidents, uh, eventually Jewish prisoners, working to death. The first concentration camps were not gas chambers. They were factories building for the Nazi war buildup so that Schacht could maintain the uh, German economy uh, to the extent that it was a military economy but not to keep people alive. And people started dying in large numbers in the concentration camps, or in, I should say in these work camps, because they had the equivalent of 800 to 1,000 calories a day of food in return for 12 to 16 hours of work. That's what we mean by Shakti and economics. In this case, protect the financial uh, bubble owned by the banks and the insurance companies by quantitative easing and continuing some form of flow of, of liquidity to them, but a complete cutoff to the physical economy. And this is what Carney announced, um, that the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero is not merely a proposal, it's in place. Yeah. And the enforcement arms are the central banks, and they're going to be backed up by, get this, MI6 and the CIA which will monitor banks to see to make sure the credit is going to low carbon or zero carbon based uh, industries. So that's the that's the policy that's coming out of the uh, Glasgow conference. You know, it's remarkable to me when I look at what the, the West does in, in, in relation to the rest of the world, especially the East. The West has been at the top for so long, the last several decades, that they have, like, they have literally formed a, an echo chamber. They believe that these edicts that they create, and none of whom, Harley, and it's pretty funny, like recently we just had the energy secretary of Joe Biden laugh, laugh and cackle at the fact that gas prices are hitting $5 a gallon, right? And when you look at the profession of this miscreant, this idiot, you would see that her main profession is what? She's a lawyer. 
So in the very tip top, tippy top of Western oligarchy are nothing but bankers and lawyers, people who have no idea, no understanding of what industry is, no understanding how <clears throat> how things are even taken out of the ground. They don't even know how they're going to build these windmills and these solar farms. They have no capability of it. It's a well, suicide pill what these guys are proposing, Harley. Well, the, here's here's the other aspect of this in terms of the enforcement. The next day, Carney announced the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures. This is going to be set up by technocrats in the major banks to establish guidelines or to institute, I should say, guidelines for mandatory climate risk disclosures. And this is what will be enforced by the Federal Reserve, the Treasury, the European Central Bank. And they are going to ensure that any bank or financial institution that's making credit available for a polluting industry like construction or concrete production or steel production will not only be cut off, but the company will be fined and possibly taken over for violating the climate guidelines. Now, as this is going on, there, there's opposition. As I mentioned, the African states are not interested in this. The Chinese are not going to go along with it. The Russians aren't going along with it. Uh, Bloomberg News, which of course is owned by the same Michael Bloomberg, who's Carney's sidekick on this uh, Glasgow financial mechanism. Bloomberg News had two headlines on Sunday that were interesting. One, China's deafening silence speaks loudest at Glasgow. They're hysterical that the Chinese are not going along with this. China said they're going to build 120 nuclear plants and they're going to build, I think, something like 700 coal-fired plants. How dare they? Now, these are the most modern coal plants, so they're not pollution, creating pollution, but they're using coal, and coal is politically incorrect. Now, here's the other headline. This one really I got a kick out of. Russia's dirty gas is keeping Europe from freezing over. Now, the gas from Russia isn't dirty. They're obviously saying the people who own the gas, the companies, Gazprom, right. uh, the, the Russian state uh, company that's involved in the Nord Stream pipeline, that these are dirty companies. But they have to admit that without the gas coming from Russia, Europe would be freezing this winter. And that's because Europe has made a bet that they're going to go with the, the total package of sustainable, so-called sustainable energy, which is not sustainable. So here you have uh, the, the video update I did this morning. I just said the, the, there's a, the world's dividing between two different camps. One that's buying into the Glasgow agreement, which is led largely by the US, the UK, and the European Union. And whatever countries they can blackmail, bribe, or thug into going along with it. And the other part of the world is going with economic development. And that includes Russia, China, India. India is somewhat on the fence, although when Modi said they won't really get to net zero till 2070, that gives them what you might call a whole universe of wiggle room. Yeah. Uh, but also Indonesia, uh, South Korea, a number of the African countries are not going to go along with this. And so what's going to happen? What happens if these countries continue to use coal 
to produce electricity so their people have heat, so that they have an ability to run factories. What Museveni, the leader of Uganda, said is that we are, I'm sorry, it was a Buhari, the president of Nigeria. We can't manufacture without cheap electricity. And we can't get cheap electricity except through coal and nuclear. So that's that's the rundown on where things stand now as Glasgow is going into its final week. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I'm literally seeing a global split where the West is going in a in a, a totalitarian neo-feudalistic serfdom where all basically our, our future progeny will be working in sweatshops for big corporations versus human development, uh, next level civilization and the and, and, and the exploration of space with the East. Like the, the, the choice is becoming clear to the point hardly where I'm asking myself, why am I even doing business here? <laughs> you know, it's like, what is the point? I mean, these idiots are morons. In the next 15 to 20 years, we're going to see their insanity completely, you know, set up shop if this is not stopped. You know, for, for people among your, your listeners, if you still have some there who are freaked out about China, there were some interesting reports that came out of China this morning. And I'll just, just quote a little bit on it. Um, the Chinese announced that in the first three quarters of 2021, their economy grew at 9.8% year on year. And that's partly because last year was, was such a crappy year. But 9.8% is much higher than we're seeing from any of the Western countries. But more importantly, China's trade is up significantly. It's up 22.2% uh, for the first 10 months of 2021. And the, uh, the newspaper China Daily explained this by saying, look, the COVID pandemic was contained in China measures that the West considered authoritarian, but that worked. But more importantly, they continued the rapid advance in high technology, so they increased productivity. Yep. Then the Global Times, which is one of the, speaks, the, the papers that speaks for the government, had a very interesting critique of Biden's infrastructure plan. They said that Biden's plan will lead to false prosperity papered over by quantitative easing and excessive money printing. And they said it's a fairy tale to revitalize U.S. competitiveness relying merely on a stimulus bill. And they talked about the hollowing out of the U.S. manufacturing sector. And it said that if Biden is serious about a once-in-a-generation infrastructure construction plan, you can't do it with the presently hollowed-out manufacturing sector in the United States. And they said... China is willing to cooperate with the United States to help provide some of the capital goods that are necessary if the U.S. is serious about a revival. Now, the final point, and this one comes from the Financial Times, and I usually don't like to go through newspapers, but these are just interesting in terms of contrasts. The Financial Times had an article saying that the, the promises made by Carney and the Davos crowd that they would provide access to a $130 trillion fund for the green transition. Uh, the Financial Times said this is based on faulty accounting, which will lead to over-promising and under-delivering. And they said the $130 trillion figure, which implies ready funds to invest, is based on double counting, fraudulent bookkeeping, and so on. Uh, but what they don't mention 
is that it's already been decided that none of that's going to go into the physical economy. Yep. Exactly what so, I was thinking. Yeah. And, and then on top of that, then you see the sad spectacle of Greta Thunberg and her children's crusade. Blah, blah, out blah. In <laughs> <laughs> out in the streets. Well, she's not a child anymore. I think she turned 18. So she, no, she, 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 she's fair game. Now we can go after her now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but you don't game. even have to go after her. The point is that she's a victim of brainwashing. Yeah, and they're brainwashing the younger generation. What she said yesterday is that the Glasgow summit is a fraud. She's right for the wrong reasons. But she's saying that the older generation will die of old age. My generation will die from climate change. And this is the line that's being pounded into kids in every single country right now. And this is why it's so important that the they silence the real so-called climate uh, uh, skeptics, you know, the so-called deniers. They're silencing a real science debate. There's a vigorous debate out there because there are all kinds of competent scientists who are showing that the warming figures are fraudulent, but the climate change, there is climate change. There's always been climate change, but it's not because of, of human activity but they're using this as a cover to dramatically reduce the world population, which is what Klaus Schwab is committed to, what Prince Charles is committed to, which Henry Kissinger was committed to when he drafted the National Security Study Memo 200, which the US is committed to in Afghanistan, where today David Beasley of the World Food Program announced that 9 million people, mostly children and, and women, face starvation in the months ahead because of the humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan. And the U.S. Treasury is sitting on over $9 billion in funds. The U.S. is saying, well, we're not going to negotiate with the Taliban. We're not going to give them credibility. How are you going to keep the people of that country alive if you don't work with the government that's set up? It doesn't mean you're supporting them. It means you're supporting the people. And I, I think this is something that Again, you talk about brainwashing. We're so convinced that the Taliban is the same as it was in the past, and maybe it is. But if the Taliban continues to be a rotten bunch of Islamic jihadists, do you take it out on the children of Afghanistan? Do you not give them a future because you don't like their government? Well, if you follow the, uh, the advice of Madeleine Albright, she'll tell you, yeah, it's totally worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. Well, you know, if that were the case, the Albright model. You know, what what if the other countries that are providing the food that we're no longer producing here decided to cut off food shipments to the United States because they don't like the Biden administration? Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a very good point, Harley. It's a very good point. So the the good news is that much of the world is is moving away from this that's that's why i think we we are seeing a world divided yeah and of course the us is divided and unfortunately it's divided around 50 different splinter narratives you know a narrative for each gender for for each race for each religion for each city for each state you know instead of the idea of a national mission where if we actually marshaled our capabilities 
We could do things like develop, you know, solve the problems in Haiti and Afghanistan, but also in San Francisco, in Los Angeles, in New York City, where children in the public schools are failing, where families are hungry, where industry has been shut down, where we're shutting down farmland because the, we, there's this 30 for 30 project, which is has to do with the carbon reduction by 2030. What they're doing is taking land out of production. The, the land use policy of the global warming crowd is set aside. Don't use it. Where are you going to get food? You're shutting down the most productive farm sector that's ever existed on the planet. Yep. You're shutting it down for what? To depend on surplus crops from Mexico and poor African countries? Yep. And with the supply chain problems, what makes you think you'll get the food here on time? So there's a real lunacy out there. What we're trying—it's to... evil. It's pure evil. It's nihilism. It's the religion of these morons, Harley. They're all in on it. They're all well, these morons in the West. They've all literally have locked arms, and and they are nihilists. They'll kill all of us at this point. Well, as you know, V, many years ago, Larouche. Uh, identified this as the satanic policy of the global elites. Yeah. And you have the, the children of Satan who were the Cheney crowd. You know, we wrote a book on that, which was the whole group around Cheney and Bush Jr. and Colin Powell and others who thought nothing of launching genocidal wars and keeping them going. And now we're seeing the war on the U.S. population. Now, I just want to add one other thing that I think is, is worth noting because there are a whole lot of people that were excited by the results in the Virginia election. Yeah, well, look, Terry McAuliffe was a bum. Yeah. And we'd been after this guy for years. He was a, a dirty operative for the Clinton machine. But people don't know who this guy Yunkins is. Uh, you, you probably do. You know, he comes from Carlisle Group. Oh, he good. worked as in the buyout division of Carlisle from 1995 to 2000. This so is he, the hmm. Bush... Hmm? Yeah, so he's basically Mitt Romney resurrected. Exactly, except even worse. Even worse. 95 to 2000, he was in the buyout section, which was doing what? Buying out defense contractors. 2000 to 2005, he moved to London, where he was doing that in the United Kingdom, mostly working with countries like the British, um, what is it, uh, BA, I can't BAC. remember the initials. BAC. Yeah. The, the British military. Yeah, Aeronautical British. Corporation, BAC. Yeah. Then he went from that back to the U.S., and he ended up being the co-CEO of the Carlyle Group. Now, the Trump people who are claiming this was a great victory for the Trump network, for MAGA, against the, the, uh, uh, the terrible liberal Democrats like McAuliffe, just put in someone who's part of the machine that Trump savaged in his 2016 campaign, the Bush machine, the Wall Street crowd, these speculators. Yeah. So this is the problem with U.S. politics. There's a, a tremendous fog which prevents people from breaking through to see the reality. Now, the point is there was no alternative. It was sort of like the Bush-Gore election. And I think what's necessary is for people to, to really figure out what is a real economy? What is production? And how do we get there? And that's why this weekend, 
Saturday and Sunday, the Schiller Institute is having a two-day conference, which will take up the strategic situation, the economic situation, and the cultural situation. Because one of the things that is true about the Virginia election is that people reacted to McAuliffe and, and his people essentially saying that parents should have no say in their children's education. And people reacted properly to that. That's an absurd formulation. But what we need to do is, is have an idea of what kind of education leads to improved productivity. So we're going to have a conference. It's going to start at 10 a.m. Saturday morning. I urge all your viewers to go to the SchillerInstitute.com, register for the conference. It's online. It's free. We're going to have some very important speakers, uh, including on Russia and China, uh, people taking up the Afghan question. And we have a whole panel devoted to something I, I know if you were available, you'd be interested in the whole question of hyperinflation and, and what's going on with the economy. That's going to be Saturday uh, afternoon. Fantastic. Fantastic. Folks, make sure you go there and check it out again. Harley, thank you so much for joining us. Folks, go to LaRoucheOrganization.com, SchillerInstitute.com. The links will be in the description box. Harley, anything else that you would like to add, especially this, this the, 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 I mean, what you just pointed out with Yunkin is a big thing. We very, we basically swapped out a, 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 a werewolf for a vampire, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and the problem is that people are so easily manipulated because you say, well, he was endorsed by Trump. Well, he was endorsed by Trump because Trump is not going to endorse Terry McAuliffe. But you know, Trump didn't make a, a, a big deal out of it, and neither did Yunkin for a very real reason, because Yunkin is exactly the kind of rhino that Trump has been going after. And you know, the point is, partisan politics is a dead end right now. The goal of McAuliffe and Yunkin are not so different. They may disagree on um, what kind of education there should be, but in terms of the economy, in terms of the war policy and so on, they're in total agreement. And, and I think that's the problem. We've just got to become smarter. And, you know, I, I think your listeners are, are on to a lot of this. Uh, they're, they're clear on some of these problems. But the question is, can we put together a kind of platform that people can use to mobilize to change the policies? That's what we're doing with our conferences. And, and if you come in and participate in our conference, you'll be shocked to see the people from all over the world who are turning to the Schiller Institute because we actually have a platform for dialogue where these kinds of serious questions can be taken up. Very well said. Harley, thank you so much for joining us again. Again, folks, uh, subscribe to the to, to Harley's websites. Make sure you put in your email. And make sure that you're seated, that you're seated for this Saturday's conference. It's very vital. It's very important. As very, very important topics are discussed, it's going to be an absolute masterclass. So make sure you guys tune in for that. And with that being said, CJ, take it away.